to this week's episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. This week is a really special week because I'm in the Maldives. I'm on a beautiful island called Suneva Fushi, which has jungle all through the middle full of ancient trees, which you can cycle along through parks. It has the whitest sandy beaches and incredible turquoise sea full of beautiful marine life. I was invited by Suneva to come and share the world of everything under the sun with their guests. So I've been running quiz nights, collecting questions from kids staying on the island for my podcast and my new book. I'm writing filled with all of your questions that you've been sending in. So thank you for sending them in. My children are here too, and we've been having a great time ziplining through the trees, sailing with huge pods of spinner dolphins, and we've discovered the ice cream room and tried loads of flavours from mango to green tea and a new citrusy fruit from Japan we like called yuzu. We've been in the kids' club called The Den, learning about surfing, Maldivian dances, making crafts, learning chess, doing puzzles, and sliding down their giant red slide. It's the most fun kids' club ever! Right now, we're at the bookshop on Suneva Fushi, and the kids from the kids' club, The Den, have come to make an episode of Everything Under the Sun with me. Can everyone say hi? Hi, hi everyone! Plus, we have a team of fantastic experts here to answer their questions. They are Morgan, who takes care of the coral reefs around the island. Hi, Morgan. Hi. They are Rio, who is the marine biologist here on Suneva Fushi and took us on a brilliant dolphin cruise. Hi, Rio. Hi. And we have Serafina Nance, who is here on Suneva Fushi as a visiting astrophysicist. Hi, Hi. Serafina. How lucky we are that they are going to be answering children's questions this week. I'll let them each do a little introduction to themselves now. Hi everyone, I'm Serafina and I am an astrophysicist and analog astronaut, which means that I study the stars and I live as though, sometimes I live as though I am on Mars and my dream is to one day become an astronaut and float in space. Yay! (laughs) Thank you, Serafina. Next up we have Morgan. Hello everyone, so my name is Morgan. I studied biology. And uh, I'm here to take care of the corals, all the coral reefs we have around the island, because they are currently endangered, so we have to take care of them. Thank you. And next up, we have Rio. Hello. I'm Rio, and I'm the assistant marine biologist on the island. So my daily task is kind of like trying to educate people about the ocean and taking people snorkeling and showing them around. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. And now it is time for our first question. Does anyone have a question they would like to ask about space, coral, sharks, anything to do with the Maldives? Let's go with Charlotte. Would you like to come and ask your question? Hi, my name is Charlotte. I'm seven years old, I come from Australia, and my question is, why do sharks have gills? Brilliant. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for your excellent question. Now, who would like to answer that? Here we have Rio to answer Charlotte's question about why do sharks have gills? So, very basic physics. Sharks are fish, and every fish have gills. The basic purpose of the gills is to absorb oxygen from the water. Great. And what kind of sharks do we have here in the Maldives? 
have quite a lot actually. Uh, the most simple one every day that you could see from the beaches here are uh, black tip reef shark, which is one of the smallest type of shark. And we have white tip reef sharks, gray reef sharks, silver tip reef sharks, nurse sharks. We have the tiger sharks, hammerhead sharks, and also the biggest one, the whale shark. Is the whale shark the biggest fish in the world? Yes. And what's your favorite fact about sharks? Because they are really intelligent. They are so friendly as well. Are they? Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, if if you haven't watched lots of movies about sharks, they are really friendly. And also they do have kind of like very attractive behaviors that I would like to learn more about. Such as? how intelligent they are, how mm. quickly they learn about our behaviors, and also they are quite friendly, actually. Awesome. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Rio, for answering Charlotte's question. Now it's time for our next question. Does anyone else have one? It's Arlo coming to ask a question. Hooray, can you come and sit here? Hi, my name's Arlo. I'm five and a half. I live in England. And my question is, why do some people want to go and live in Mars? Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Arlo, for your brilliant question. I think I know the perfect expert for this one, and it's Serafina. Over to Serafina. Thank you so much for your question, Arlo. That was such a good question. So I tried to better understand and maybe even answer this question when I lived as though I was on Mars in an analog astronaut simulation. Wow. Which meant that I lived in the middle of nowhere and I basically conducted my life as though I was on another planet. And people want to live on Mars and want to explore the whole universe in order to better understand where we come from, what's out there. Are we alone? Are there aliens? And part of it is just exploring the unknown. And what would it be like to live on Mars, do you think? Mars is a pretty difficult place for humans to live. It is not a very comfortable place. You know what the most comfortable place for us to live is on Earth. Do they have like nice weather on Mars? They have dust storms. Huh. So we have rainstorms here, but on Mars there are dust storms and the conditions are really not favorable. So more than likely we would live underground in lava tubes. Oh, how could you play floor is lava if you were living in a lava tube? I guess you got to come up with another game, another Martian version of that game. Um, and so what was it like living in a virtual reality Mars as opposed to Earth? Is it better on Earth? Earth is a lot better, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't explore and see if we can survive on Mars. You couldn't go outside without being totally covered. Your whole body had to be covered because if anything is open to the elements, you could die. So you have to be really careful about how you live, how much water you drink, what kind of food you eat to be able to survive. What food do you eat? We ate freeze-dried food. Yeah. Have you have you ever had freeze-dried no. food? No. It's pretty gross. 
Could you have ice cream? <laughs> you cannot. They have ice cream on the International Space Station. It's freeze-dried ice cream. So maybe we should get that here. And what do you think you'd do all day if you lived on Mars? I think you would spend most of your time trying to survive. Sounds pretty awful. <laughs> it's a full-time job. <laughs> Thanks so much, Serafina. I hope that answers your question, Arlo. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing life on Mars. I think I prefer it on Earth. Uh, guys, does anyone have another question? Yes. Would you like to come and ask it? Hi, I'm Zoya. I'm 10 years old, and I'm from India. My question is: How many stars are in this galaxy? Thanks so much for a brilliant question. I think I've got another question for Sarafina. That's a really good question. So there are lots of stars in this galaxy. I don't know if I can give you an exact number. I'd have to use our trusty friend Google to help us out. But I know that there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands, hundreds of thousands of stars just in a very small speck of the night sky. And here's a really cool fact. It doesn't exactly answer your question, but I study exploding stars, so really massive stars that explode at the ends of their lives. And every single second, one star in our universe explodes. So anywhere you look in the night sky, you can pretty much bet that there's a star exploding. What happens when a star explodes? It, it dies. <laughs> so it expels a lot of gas into the surrounding and then you're left with the sort of core of the star, which can either be what we call a white dwarf, a neutron star, or even a black hole. So our sun is too small to explode. It will expand until it sort of envelops all of the inner planets in our solar system, and then it'll contract into a white dwarf. And that white dwarf is super, super hot and super dense, and it's the dead core of our sun. It is a dead star. Whoa. <laughs> Hopefully that's going to happen in a long time away, right? Yes, five billion <laughs> years from now. We'll be, we'll be on Mars and then into the other planets by then. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Serafina, for answering our question. Hooray! Right, does anybody else have one? I think there was one about how the Maldives formed. My name is Lita Mai. I'm eight years old. And I'm from the Netherlands. And my question is, how did the Maldives form? Brilliant. Thank you so much. That's such a good question because we're in the Maldives, so we'd love to know how did the Maldives form? And we have Morgan here to answer your question. Over to Morgan. So, like you said, it's a very interesting uh, question as we are here for the moment. So, first I'm going to start with when. So, it was between sorry, 45 and 60 million years ago, very long time. And it started with a volcano. So, around the volcano, we had a coral reef around, bringing coral reefs. And with time, the volcano is subsiding, so it means it's going down. But the coral reefs, when it grows up, it's going up. So what happens is that with the volcano going down and the coral reefs coming up, the sea 
is going to see the islands formed as an atoll, an atoll being a group of islands. And Maldives are a group of atolls, meaning that the Maldives are its only island. So that's how they farm. Amazing, yeah. yeah. How many atolls are there in the Maldives? That's what I was uh, wondering. It depends if you take administrative one or geographical one, but it's between 15 and 18, if I'm correct. And yeah. right now we're in the Bar Atoll, right? Yeah, exactly. And someone told me they're all named after our alphabet letters, A, B, C? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The DV, from DV, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Thanks so much. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Okay, anybody else would like to ask a question? Yes, sweetheart? Do you want to come and ask it? Right, can you reach up here, sweetheart? Or you can just stand? My name is called Audrey. I'm three years old. And my question is about how big is a megalodon? How big is a megalodon? Whoa, that's a great question. I Thanks, Audrey. So megalodon fossils have been found that are 20 million years old. And for the next 13 million years, the enormous shark swam the oceans. It was the biggest shark in the world and one of the largest fish to ever exist. The estimate that we got of it being between 15 and 18 metres long three times longer than the greatest white shark is based on the shark's teeth, which can be about 18 centimetres long. Did you know that megalodon means large tooth? It has 276 teeth and a powerful bite, which is over 100,000 times more powerful than a human bite. That's amazing, isn't it? A megalodon. But luckily it doesn't exist anymore, right? Now, does anybody else have a question? Oh yeah, you haven't asked one yet. Would you like to come and ask it? Hi, my name is Jahan. I'm from India. I'm four years old. And why is Venus hot? <laughs> why is Venus hot? That is an excellent question. And I think that's one for Serafina. That's a really good question. Part of the reason is because it's so close to the sun. So Venus is the second planet away from the sun. And that means that it gets super, super hot because of its proximity. Does that make sense? Yes. And part of the other reason is because of what it's made of. So the gases that are in its atmosphere aren't like Earth and they trap the heat and really heat up the planet. So it's kind of like the greenhouse effect here on Earth. Which is the hottest planet? Well, Mercury, I think, is the oh. hottest planet, but Venus is a close second. Is Mercury like totally liquid, or am I imagining that? <laughs> Mercury is not totally liquid, but it is extraordinarily hot on one side and very cold on the other side oh. because it's locked in that position facing the sun. Oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. So one half of Mercury is completely different to the other. Exactly. Amazing. I hope that answers your question about why Venus is so hot. Does anybody else have a question? Charlotte, let's do it. 
Hi, my name is Charlotte. I'm seven years old. I come from Australia. And my question is, what's the biggest planet in space? <laughs> what is the biggest planet in space? Oh, Arlo knows the answer. What is it? Jupiter. Jupiter. But I still think we can get Serafina to come and answer the question. <laughs> what's the biggest planet in space? That's a great question. So Arlo is half right. Jupiter is the biggest planet in our solar system. So our solar system has eight planets, including the Earth, and Jupiter is definitely the biggest one. But in all of space, I think that there might be some bigger planets, but there's a limit to how big a planet can be. And so that's part of the thing that physicists and astronomers are trying to understand about the way that planets form. Why is there a limit? Because there are forces that hold planets together. And beyond a certain point, the planet gets too big and can't sustain itself. Are all planets round? All planets are round. That's a good question. That was a question I had when I became an astronomer. Why are planets round? Anyone have any ideas? Charlotte, what do you think? They would tip over. You might be right about that. Part of the reason is because planets orbit a sun. So our sun is a star, and there are tons of stars around space. So because planets orbit, there something called angular momentum kicks in. So has anyone seen a figure skater? You know, you're skating on ice, and they go in circles and go like this, your arms are out, you go slow. But when you bring your arms close together, you go really fast. And so that's what happens to planets is they sort of become round because of how fast they're spinning around a central star. Wow, that's so cool. So do bits fly off of them until they become round? Yes, that's <laughs> part of planetary sort of evolution is that things are orbiting around and bits are flying in all different directions until you create a really round thing called a planet. Wow. I just want to ask one question about Saturn. Like, why does it have rings? Actually, a lot of planets have oh. rings. Jupiter even has rings. What? So if you look at these planets in different wavelengths and different waves of light that you can see, you can actually see the rings. Thank you so much, Serafina, and I hope that answers your question. The rings are made of rock. Dust and ice. Rocks, That's dust right. and ice are the Good rings. Job. Amazing. High five. <laughs> Does anyone else have a question before we... Okay, Arlo, what's your question? Do you want to come and ask it? Also about space. <laughs> also about space. <laughs> also about space. <laughs> but, it's, but, it's not, but it's not about the planet Mars, though. Okay. It's okay. about the planet Jupiter. Hi, my name's Arlo, and I'm five and a half years old, and I live in England. And my question is, how did the storm in Jupiter form the big red dot? That's a really good question. I am not a Jupiter expert, but I'll try to talk a little bit about what that even is. So Jupiter has some crazy weather, kind of like we have storms here on Earth. There are massive planet-sized storms on Jupiter. And there's a permanent storm called the Great Red Spot that we can actually see in pictures of Jupiter. Have you ever seen it through a telescope? 
I have not seen it through a telescope because it's pretty far away. Okay, so you can only see it by cameras in space that have taken photos of it? I think if you had a big enough telescope and a strong enough eyepiece and you were in a place like the Maldives, you might be able to see it. Whoa. But in terms of why it's there, I think it's just because the weather on Jupiter is really crazy. But maybe you can become an astronomer and figure that question out yourself. Maybe, Arlo. That would be really cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> Thanks so much, Serafina, for answering Arlo's question. Okay, so do we have any more before we wrap up? Yeah, Charlotte? <laughs> Hi, my name is Charlotte. I'm seven years old and I live in Australia. And my question is, what's the biggest coral in the world? What is the biggest coral in the world? That is such an excellent question. Is Morgan going to answer it or Rio? Or both? <laughs> Here's Morgan from the coral team here at Tsunebufushi to answer that excellent question. So thank you for the question. It's uh, very interesting. To be honest, um, I don't know where is the biggest one, but I can tell you that corals don't, re except for the human activities, um, and the climate change coming from the human activities don't really die. So they keep growing years and years. If they don't have anyone coming and taking them or killing or whatever, they will keep growing. So they arrived on Earth 535 million years ago, the first corals. So it was really long time ago. And probably some corals are millions of years ago old. So um, I wouldn't know where it is, but if it is not destroyed by higher temperature or any human activities impact, uh, pollution, um, yeah, um, just taking it or those kind of things, then we might have really old and therefore really big corals because they, they keep growing. I hope it answered a bit <laughs> your question. Thank you for asking it. Thank you so much. What's your favorite sort of fact about coral? Ooh. Okay, I would say the most interesting one, it's an animal, so not everyone knows it. And it's living in symbiosis with a microalgae, which is very cool. So in their tissue, they have another, it's not an animal, but an algae living in it. And they allow us to do photosynthesis. So I would say it's pretty cool because, first of all, it's important for us because it provides oxygen. So, you know, photosynthesis will take the CO2. So what when we breathe and expel, it's going to take what we expose and they're going to transform it in oxygen. And an important fact is that we don't really know, but corals is, or I would say ocean. So all the planktons we find in the ocean including the, the corals, they are helping to produce way more oxygen than forests that we have on Earth. So they are actually very important. That's incredible. Yeah. So coral produces more oxygen than all the trees corals on Earth. Corals and plankton. Coral and so plankton. I would say the ocean. So the, the ocean, ocean creates yeah. more oxygen than the trees. Exactly. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. That's a very good fact. Thank you so much for answering Charlotte's question. <laughs> All right, I think that might be all we have time for, guys. Thank you so much. 
That's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to the wonderful Suneva experts. Morgan, our coral expert here on Suneva Fushi. Rio, our marine biologist. And to Serafina, our visiting astrophysicist, for telling us all about things from the ocean to the furthest reaches of space. I'm really glad we live here on Earth, where there are oceans to explore, <laughs> beautiful places to visit, delicious food to eat, and fresh air to breathe. But maybe one of you one day might make it to Mars. Is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> Highly possible. A huge thank you to everyone at Suneva Fushi and all the kids who came to the podcast today. Do remember, if you guys have a question you would like answered on Everything Under the Sun, the podcast, or in the new book, it's very simple to send in a question. Just ask a grown-up to borrow their phone and help you make a recording. Just record yourself as a voice message or video saying your name, your age and the country you live in and ask me your question. Then ask a grown-up to send it to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. You can find out more info on mollyoldfield.com. And do check out the Everything Under the Sun book that already exists filled with 365 questions sent in by children around the world answered by me and a brilliant team of experts illustrated by 12 wonderful artists. I'm sure you're going to love it. I'm wishing you all a wonderful week filled with lots of fun and sending lots of sunshine from here in the Maldives. Thank you to all the experts and all the kids and everyone at Suneva Fushi. Bye! Bye. <laughs> Thanks everyone!